Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to... Hello, Stalk- David. Hello, Tim. Hi, how are you doing? Uh, welcome to Stalking Time for the Moon Boys. To you and to our listeners... Sorry, to me. I'm welcoming oh, you oh, to the podcast. Thanks. I can oh, do that. We've been sitting here for 20 minutes, and I but feel podcast, like I know where I am. And that's feel true, but the podcast has only just started because we are now got it. Halloween, right? Right, and so that means the podcast has Thank started. Thank you for welcoming me. Uh, Merry Christmas. Okay, <laughs> wow, we're really. Going. It's the Christmas podcast. <laughs> it feels suddenly quite formal. Yeah, I'm. I'm saying that because I did a podcast the other day, the Spectator podcast, oh, yeah. and at the end of it, the bloke who was the bloke who used to be in. Uh, Mumford and Sons. Oh yeah, but then Mumford left all the Sons. No, the guy Marshall. I know exactly who you mean. The one yeah. that left because the banjo because he, he was yeah a bit Trumpy. He, he wasn't was Trumpy. I think he was Trumpy. Was something like that. No, wasn't it? No, he was a bit. He wasn't. Basically, he wasn't woke enough to be a rock star. I don't really know. I'll be honest with you. Uh, anyway, right. he does a podcast for the Spectator now, and uh, <laughs> that's he, an he, unusual journey. Uh, anyway, he's a very nice chap. Uh, but he he said, so uh, what are you looking forward to at the end of it? And they'd said to me, this podcast might go out quite soon, or it might go out in January. But I, I just said, oh, I'm looking forward to Christmas. Because I was looking forward to Christmas. I am looking forward to Christmas. And I spent quite a lot of time talking about how mm. I'm looking forward to Christmas. And then mm. I could see, because it was Zoom, that he was looking a bit troubled. And then mm. I, I said, oh, right, that means you will have to put this out quite soon yeah. now. And he said, no, no, yeah, you're right, but we'll sort it out. And I noticed they haven't put it out. So that bit may just be but being cut. Is there a podcast you could do which basically said, so we, what we would do now on December the, whatever it is, 7th, yeah is I would say to you, how was Christmas? And then you would say, this is how it went. And then we'd look back and see whether we got it right. I think maybe we, we did. Do? I think we did that last yeah, time. Like, probably I'm for this reason. I think we, we did know, that last time. Because equally don't know if this will go up. Well, we'll try and get this up. Yeah, Christmas, I mean, really, to be honest with you, given how rudimentary this podcast is, it's just right. me and you talking. Right. Uh, I feel expectation your company should yeah. get it out before Christmas. Out. I think we'll probably manage it, but just in yeah. case. Just in we case. Didn't. Okay. How was Christmas? We definitely did this last time. But also, I remember sitting yeah. here doing an improvisation That's about, right. yes, it was good and we had turkey. Do you yes. remember, yeah, and the whole thing because about... Because we, perhaps we did it quite close to the wire last time. Yeah. Mm. yeah no, we did mm. that. Let's not do that no, to okay. force you mm. and your company to put it out. And one thing about that is that I was sitting here listening to you and Peter Fincham, who mm. shed this is, yeah. uh, and who works with your expectation right. and, and who ha- you have a band together. We, yeah. we know that. You were practising various Christmas songs for your Christmas party. That's so much. I know this so far, yes. So your Christmas party hasn't been cancelled. No, our Christmas COVID. party is in two days currently. Okay, yeah. okay yeah. good. Well, I'm glad you're going ahead with it, I think. I can't confirm whether it's a bit of satire. I can't. We will obey all the rules, and I can't confirm whether we'll actually be having it. Right. Okay. That's sort of satire about the number ten party. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We can work with that if you want. Yeah. I know. I get it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Don't need to work with it. (laughs) Uh, But uh, what I was interested in is that you were trying to choose Mm. uh, between "I wish it could be Christmas every day" by Mm. Wizard, Wizard, yeah, and "Merry Christmas Everyone." Is that what it's called by Uh, Shaking Stevens? Everybody, everyone, but Shaking Stevens. Yeah. Yeah. How does it go? Just to Uh, remind the listeners who might. Merry Christmas, everyone. Everyone, it's not yeah, everybody. Everyone. Everybody is slayed. I think. What if it went Merry Christmas, everybody? Yeah, that would yeah. be rubbish. They would, that would go quickly into everyone. Yeah, it? no. Okay. So there are a number of issues there. Uh, mm. I'd say number one is you tell me something I didn't know is that Shaking Stevens is or was a member of the Welsh Communist Party. I cannot Party. hear the name Shaking Stevens. Doesn't happen very often yeah. that you hear it. Not probably as often the last as you used time, to. You, probably the last time you referenced it was a long time ago. Maybe last Christmas. I think you hear it at Christmas a bit. Yeah. So, but when I hear it, I think member of the Welsh, I think revolutionary, the RCP, the Revolutionary Communist Party. Really? Yeah. 
I, I, I never knew that. Up. Okay, yeah, no, look it I up. Think I'm right. I never knew that about sh- believe... shaking. Can you call him shaking? Uh, yeah, I call him Mr. Stevens. Well, it's a good question. What is Shaking Stevens' first name? Is it actually Shaking? I actually call him Comrade Stevens. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's see. good because since no one really knows his first name. Well, let's see whether I'm right to call him that because he probably thinks, what the hell are you calling him? Because he's let's, listening. Let's yeah. If you're listening, Shaking, and you're not a member of the Revolutionary Communist Party, I mean, you might be a member of another, like the Socialist Workers oh, Party. I'm sure. Or... Okay. In the late 1960s. Oh, wow. Because I always think Shaking Stevens was a sort of tribute to those old 50s Gene Vincents. From, the, the, eight, right, in the, 80s. from the 80s. But he was already, he, in the late 1960s, so he's quite old, Stevens was associated with the Young Communist League, the youth wing of the Communist Party of Great Britain, playing at YCL events. Right, So probably okay. doing behind the green See, what you've added there, which, which I think is a shame that it might not be true, is Welsh. Because what do you mean? I you just he, he, what you've said is he's just yeah. associated with the Young Communist League, right? But you've implied there is this particular Welsh chapter that was of specific. Well, I'm sure there is, but it's not called the Welsh Communist right. Party, oh, so you mean. which is what you were implying, yeah. which is a shame because I like the idea of the Welsh Communist Party. The, the particularly like the idea of Shaking Stevens doing Christmas parties for the Welsh Communist Party. Yeah, I mean, party. it doesn't say he was a member of the. He was a so, as he'd be associate, um, right. but it also says, by the way, this is maybe. The Young Communist League was associated with several leading musical industry figures at the time, including Pete Townsend. Oh, was it? That's weird, isn't it? Wow. Uh, So he was a communist, and actually, um, I wouldn't knock him for that. No, no, well well done. Although it was not evident in the double denim or the shaking or uh, any of his numerous appearances on Top of the Pops in the early 80s. Or any of his hits, Green Door. Green Door, if it was Red Door. Shake This House. Shake This House. Is that the same song? It's uh, something like, this house ain't made for something. You know, that's a different song, oh, but really? I don't know what it's called. Uh, but there is something about a house. This old house? This old house. Perhaps yeah. that was a metaphor for right. capitalism. For capitalism, yes. Yeah, it bring, bring it down, this yeah. old house. Yeah, and then, can't remember any of the others. But yeah, so we were cho- choosing between those two songs. Yeah, well. and it raised an interesting issue, because uh, Peter Fincham suggested that you should play uh, the Shaking Stevens song, even though it's clearly not as good a song, because it's easier easier to play easier to play easier to sing less chords but that's why it's not as good a song because I was sitting here listening yeah there was quite a lot of technical conversation going on about how in the chorus of I wish it would be Christmas every day it modulates to a D unexpectedly but that is what makes it such a great intro, yeah. great bridge to the chorus, and makes everyone want to join in with, yeah. I wish it could be yeah, Christmas yeah. every it's day. It's weird, isn't it? Yes, it lifts, basically. Yeah. And you join in unthinkingly, because yeah. the fact is, we may have discussed this, no one would want it to be Christmas every day. I bet we've discussed this. I we, think... we must have done, but yeah. just for the record, <laughs> yeah. it would be unthinkable. That'd be hideous. And obviously the ver- the basic problem there is the notion of something being special, being valuable, Ret- scarcity value. That's true. But specifically Christmas. Actually links to communism, in the sense that one of the issues about communism is sort of everyone should have champagne type thing. You know, if it, well, that's champagne it, socialist. No, but what I mean is you sort of talk about could you be, could you be, well, actually yes, that's probably one thing, <laughs> but everybody has everything, you know, yeah. and therefore there seems to be some innate human instinct to say, yes, but I want to be better than that. Right? I want to be special. Yes, yeah. specialness is slightly eradicated by hardcore communism. Right. As it would be by Christmas Stalin, every day. Stalin or, and other people, Chairman Mao. Right, you know, yeah, for, for a very few, you mean? Yeah, very yeah. few at the yeah. top of the tree. That was where it was so different from the system we've got. That's more satire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of because that also happens in capitalism. It does also know, happen yeah. in capitalism. Christmas every day, similarly, yeah. would take anything that's special about it, and uh, it would become the everyday. Literally, it would become well, an everyday I, I, activity. I, I'd be surprised if I haven't mentioned this, but my brother Ivor Badil, when he went on his year off mm. a long time ago, he went to California. And there's a place in Santa Barbara, I don't know if it still exists, oh, yeah. called the Incredible Christmas Store. And right. do you know what the mantra of the Incredible Christmas Store is? It's Christmas every day? It's Christmas it? every day in the wow. Incredible Christmas Store, right? And the thing wow. I always wonder, because I think he went in July and worked in the... I mean, he right. didn't go there to do that. That's just the job he got, right? right? He's not an elf. <laughs> uh, that he, he, that when he, that I always thought, well, what happens at Christmas? To the Incredible Christmas Store. Oh, I see. Because yeah. if it's Christmas every day, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the Incredible Christmas Store, yes. it, does it explode? That's amazing. I mean, just the what? build up of Christmasness. We're shut. In December, closed, closed for the holidays. <laughs> closed for the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> it must just be too much. I would have thought. Did he find? He didn't find out. Should we? No, he didn't work there. Right. I don't think he worked there at no, Christmas. He I just. Have, yeah, that's I mean, such an interesting thing. I mean, let's should I see if it still exists. The Incredible Christmas Store in Santa Monica. Because I think whether, I might. Or whether this dichotomy closed it down. Yeah, it's like sort of. Um, Plugging a plug into a plug. I can't find if it still exists. I mean, this was 40 years ago. 
So it's it, like it's entirely possible that it just w- went down one I've, Christmas. I feel like I once met a Robert Plant impersonator. Oh, really? Who met Robert Plant? Yeah. And equally said it sort of blew his mind and like that it's like that isn't it it's sort of like the whole thing too just, much robert plantless well also yeah it's just like a what's the scientific it's like a vacuum meeting a it's like a sort of it's like it becomes negative it becomes a sort of well, it, that must happen a fair amount that people who attribute acts meet the, meet particularly now with selfies and whatever yes, that must be a thing right. yeah. that you really want to do yeah. if you are i mean i know that people who look like me of whom right. there are quite a lot. Right. I'm not talking about professional David Biddle lookalikes, of right. which I think there are quite a few. Are there? There's one <laughs> that I'm aware of, and I occasionally get sent photos of him, and uh, what I notice about him is that he is the same age that he's always been. Right. Uh, so he's, what do you he's, mean? You mean well, if he still works... Yes. If if it, which, who knows if he does or right. not. It's actually a lookalike. He's part of an agency. Okay. But it's me <laughs> well, in, 19, in 1996. <laughs> That's the point. That's the photo. Right. And is that his thing that he does? What does he do, do you think? If you hire him for a party, you know what? we should, I should hire him I for should this. do. I should hire him. Why don't we get him on the podcast? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know if he sounds like me or does anything else except turn up and do you think he look, sings three lines? look not very much like me. I think lookalikes don't necessarily... You're, you're, you're mixing up tribute acts and lookalikes. Right? No, but I'm thinking... He's what, not a tribute act. No, I understand. But he literally is someone who looks like me. That's it. I doubt it's his main job. Yeah, but what does he... How does he earn money? I mean, like a that? Marilyn Monroe lookalike. Yeah. Well, actually, that's a bit more like a tribute act, isn't it? Because a Marilyn Monroe lookalike will almost definitely probably do the voice, boop boop doop and wear the dress. You know, they'll so go- you're one. <laughs> that's no, no, what I'm saying is, I don't, I don't know what he. I mean, and what I'm saying is, imagine you hired him. Yeah. And you'd say, oh, by the way, what does he do? Yeah. Does he say, well, I talk about the fact that. There's sort of this hierarchy of racism <laughs> that the Jewish seems to be. Yeah. Or does he... I think he'd say, I'll do three lines. Yeah. I, I, because otherwise... I'm not aware that he does three do? lines, really. I mean, I don't... Hmm. You know, to be honest with you, it's the same bloke. I mean, I could look him Let's up. Let's hire him. Uh, uh, oh, hang on. Who's this? Tim has been professional. No, that's, he's being Ricky Gervais. I can tell that person is being Ricky Gervais. Okay. Maybe. Maybe he does Ricky Gervais and me. Okay, Because yeah, he's got because, a goatee. Yeah. And again, if he has a goatee... Uh, then I think he'll be playing okay. me in 1996. Right, right, right. So just to go back, we should, you know, we've established Christmas every day would be unthinkable. Well, not yeah. unthinkable, so you can think about it, but yeah. it's sort of not tenable. No, it's not, <laughs> so it's that's not, what it's not tenable, no. If you just think, and I think what we're talking about here is the sort of, not so much the Dickens version of Christmas, but the sort of 1980s, the one we grew up with, which is there's a big turkey involved, yeah. and there's Christmas crackers. And so I didn't grow up with that. You remember the Jewish thing. Oh, yeah, that's true. But that's one of the reasons I really like Christmas. I think one of the reasons I really like Christmas is that um, although we were not a proper Jewish Orthodox family, Mm. we had a weird mix of some very Orthodox stuff and some absolutely not. Uh, Like I went to a very Jewish Mm. religious primary school but was fed bacon and eggs uh, for breakfast. Okay. So, you know, it was damaging. It doesn't sound that very Jewish, but that's your point. But, yeah, it doesn't sound that Orthodox. No, the school was. The school, I had to oh, wear a yarmulke. Egg, at home. I'm, I'm at. I'm ready to go to school. I've got a yarmulke on and sits it. <laughs> not it. not just a yarmulke, right? Like people won't know what sits it is. It's like an internal vest with little tassels. One on. you've swallowed. <laughs> no, Fuck, that sounds hard. No, you know what Mormons? The people know that Mormons wear them like a vest. I don't, but I clothes. sort of think I can. Oh, I see. And, no, and I then you, you have these little tassels, not like the ones that burlesque people wear. Right. Well, not that different, except they're not on your nipples. Okay. Right? But they, they come, hang out. They hang out of your right. shirt. Yeah, and you have to wear that. Okay. Right? And I had to eat kosher and say prayers okay. and learn Hebrew and all that. But meanwhile, my brother mainly is cooking me bacon and eggs right. uh, before I go off there. So it was a mixed up upbringing. Right. Yeah. Uh, this is all in my um, memoir that I'm writing. Right. Um, but... Meanwhile, why have I brought that up? Oh, yes, we didn't have Christmas. Didn't have Christmas, yeah. Yeah, and so I remember, I I really love Christmas, and I think one reason for that is a sense when I was young of 25th of December, sitting there around with my parents, a sense of an enormous event, an enormous party happening Mm. somewhere else. Mm. Hanukkah's Hanukkah's long over. We're just sitting around, it's a normal day, but actually a bleaker day than than normal because there's a sense that... Sort of like quarantining with COVID or something. Yeah, a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah. can't go anywhere. We didn't have a tree, we didn't have presents, nothing like that. No big meal. We watched Morecambe and Wise. Right, okay, you got that bit. beyond that, it wasn't... No, we didn't celebrate Christmas. So so now I I really like celebrating Christmas. You do celebrate it now. You probably cook a turkey with a shop-bought turkey inside it. 
just to um, that's your, <laughs> your general attitude to cookery. Those yeah. listeners who pay attention the last few weeks will understand that. Yeah. I suppose what I'm trying to get at is let's just take Christmas as you probably spend it, as lots of people spend it, which is you eat quite a lot. There is a turkey or something. You eat that, then you eat more, and you're sort of already having. Even though you think Boxing Day is for turkey sandwiches, you sort of have them on Christmas Day as well in the evening. Probably drink too much. I know you don't drink, but you know that's basically what's going on. It's a full-on day. Yeah. Christmas everyday nightmare for lots of reasons, including that. Including I suppose that. Too much I'm, eating and drinking. What I'm trying basically. to get at is genuinely, I'm asking you to try and think scientifically. And this how often what, could you do yeah, Christmas? How many days do you think you could get under your belt before you said, "I'm done. I'm out." That's a good question. I'm out. Yeah. So yet, Roy Wood was here. Yeah. I mean, he's the person to ask, although he's probably yeah. a bit old and would die quite quickly yeah. if we if we did this right. as a horizon. Right. Uh, but <laughs> That's an old... F- I don't think it'd be a horizon. horizon even happen <laughs> Does anymore? it not exist anymore? We're bringing back horizon <laughs> to see how exist? many Christmases Roy Wood can do in a row. Yeah. That <laughs> seems unlikely. Okay, well... I mean, some, maybe it is still around, but... Some kind of scientific thing yeah. on, on Panorama. No. Sometimes it goes quite soft, it, be a, <laughs> it wouldn't be panorama. It needs to be a scientific experiment. I'll tell you who it would Tomorrow's be. Tomorrow's World. No, I'll tell you who it would be. It would be a one-off with Michael Mosley. Okay. You know Michael Mosley? Sure, I do. I know he, the name. But yeah, he's a doctor. He's the guy the black who... Black shirt, right? Yeah, no, that's Oswald. <laughs> Michael Mosley is the guy who invented the 5-2 diet. Okay, yeah. And he invented it on telly, uh, right. having done a one-off thing about needing to lose weight for his heart or something, okay. and finding this way of doing it. And he do- right. now does one-off diet programmes. Okay. Right? So I think it would be Michael Mosley and Roy Wood. Yeah. How long can you eat, well, live Christmas every yeah. day before basically you die? Yeah. Yeah. Well... It's the opposite, really, of his diet programmes. I'd only say... I get that, because in TV you have to go quite extreme so before you die, but I really may, mean before you sort of go... Shall we get a commission? Enough. I wish it could be Christmas every day, enough. question mark. <laughs> Do I wish it could be Christmas? <laughs> yeah. And I... Because I almost feel like... When you wake up on Boxing Day, you're already sort of slightly beaten yeah. up. Like to go all in for another day, that even that would be. I'm not even sure I could make. No, I mean Boxing, Boxing Day, day itself. Day. I mean, there's a phrase I think uh, I can't remember exactly, but someone once said it's a really disgusting phrase uh, about someone doing a shit the size of Bernard Manning's on Boxing Day. <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> and so that in itself. It's a horrible phrase, although quite funny. Yeah. Uh, it gives me a sense of what Boxing Day is like for most people. Uh, it's a very, you know, I've eaten too much. I'm right. spending a lot of and time what, on, on the toilet. And what you do get anecdotally, and I'm sure we've all done this, is you do get that thing where you do Christmas Day at your house, say, yeah. and then the next day you go to your parents or in-laws, you sort of do it again, and they yeah. say, we've done it. So you say, no, don't worry, we can eat all that again. So yeah. that does... But I think by then... Yeah, basically you're saying a day and a half. I'm saying... You wish it could be Christmas for a day and a half. And even then, <laughs> you don't. Really I think want that. I'm saying I'm happy that it's Christmas. Yeah, once a year. I mean, let's I'm let's move on. Mm. But really? I just will say, yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to say one more thing, which is I think to be fair to Roy Wood and yeah. Wizard, I think the song is a metaphor. I, oh. I think I think he would argue right. if he were here, like, mm. like with his star on his face mm. and, and his big hair, mm. which I'm sure he doesn't have any of those things anymore. <laughs> but if he was, actually, although if you saw Wizard, like they probably still tour. I bet they still uh, tour. That, you'd be really disappointed if there wasn't any of that. No, and I bet that star's harder to get off than you think. He probably <laughs> yeah. still has got it. But I think he would say, "I don't really want it to be Christmas every no. day. I was just trying to s- sort of express my joy mm. at the idea of Christmas and Christmas being on the way." That I sort of break yeah, break the space-time all... continuum yeah. and imagine that I would like Christmas to be every day just in terms of how much I want it to be now. Yes. No, I do get your point. And I think also it's a broader thing of celebrating everyone's nice to each other. Why can't that be life, right? That's yes. also what he's saying. Why I, can't that I suppose be he is saying day? that. I don't think he's specifically saying, I wish I could eat this yeah. much no. and drink this much. No. While we're um, here, just mm. like, I mean, as I, I desperately want to move on. I have a thing about David Bowie I do want to say. But I do too. Peter really. Fincham also said, mm. uh, he pointed out that in the song that he says again and again, when the snowman oh, yeah. brings the snow. And yes. then he said that was a pun. It's not a pun. It's, it's a play on words. Yeah, but it was quite, for listeners, before we came on, there was quite a heated debate. Yeah. There? I think you both agreed it was a play on words rather than... Well, that. but then he, then he said, why isn't it a pun? And I said, well, because okay. a pun would normally involve a word meaning two things. Yes, right? double meaning. A double meaning, whereas yeah, okay. in both cases, yeah. snow just means snow. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. When the snowman brings the snow. Yeah. It's a play on words because a snowman is being used in the same way that a postman would bring the post in yes. that idea. I think it's... Which, which he doesn't. The, snow, the snowman doesn't no, bring the snow like pun, a postman being supposed. It's punny all in the yeah, sense that... That's not a word. No, no. In the sense In a that, way, that's a pun. 
in, as well, in a sense, there's a double meaning, isn't it? He's the snowman, and he's also the person that brings the snow. Yeah. So but that's that not a, a, that's not a pun. No, but a pun is a specific word. That's just as, yeah. That's just that. a word yeah. metaphorically being expanded yeah. to mean something yeah. that it doesn't normally. Yeah. This is good stuff, isn't it? Brilliant. <laughs> uh, okay, so look, I'm going to get on to the Bowie thing. Okay. Because I noticed we haven't done this for a little while, and me and you have had a couple of conversations. Right. Which, even though regular listeners, and I know he's out there, um, <laughs> will know that we in this podcast we hardly mention David Bowie anymore. Mm. There's an interesting thing, I think, which psychologically, which is that we've ended up, by text, having some hardcore right. Bowie chat, which should just be on this podcast, but it's almost like we spend so much time on this podcast talking about right. Christmas. Important stuff. Important stuff, yeah. you know, your childhood, yeah. you know, whatever it might be, yeah. that we think, oh, well, what if we don't find time on right. the Bowie podcast right. to talk about this? Just to say to listeners, you're on your laptop and you're yeah. about to read some e- texts, and that's amazing. So you do it on your laptop. You've got uh, I, te- I almost always mm. prefer to text okay. via my laptop. Oh, okay. And also, I have to write, like, for example, I'm going to read then? this. Mm. And it's quite. I'm sorry, mm. listeners. It's a bit long, but it does make my point, okay. right? I've I've written. Okay. The ending of Sweet Thing. Can reprise. you give like a police thing? The date. Or yeah. Is it not? Yeah, the date was yesterday. Oh, okay. Uh, which would be December the whatever it was. Sixth. Yeah. The ending of this is my text to yeah. Tim Hinks. A- apropos of nothing, by the way, I just right. sent him this text, and you sent me one similar about a week ago. Yeah. Uh, the ending of Sweet Thing Reprise into Rebel Rebel is another absolute incredible musical transition, similar to ones we've talked about, because the end of Sweet Thing Reprise goes on for a minute, which is glam, rocky guitar instrumental, and it's just about to get dull, rather like this reading, uh, and then it changes rhythm and shifts and seems to be going somewhere else, and before your ear can work it out, Rebel Rebel starts, and it's so heart-stopping. I'll be podcasting tomorrow. Uh, you know what? Before we talk about that, I'm mm. going to play it. Let's just talk over it, right? Yeah. Because I'm trying. I'm trying to get the right point. It's just starting to get boring. Yeah. Like, oh, come on, David. Right. All right. And any second now, it's starting to change. Not yet. <laughs> come on. Yeah. No, well, you're making your point because yeah, it's going on. It's really a too long. Here. No. <laughs> That's so yeah. brilliant. No, it's a great transition, yeah. It's so brilliant. Yeah. And the, uh, I, I obviously had this on vinyl, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking, when I was listening to this, and goose pimples at that transition, yes. Yes. thinking, does, did it work like that on vinyl? Because on Spotify, okay. there's no break. So for yeah. younger listeners, we don't have any, but for younger listeners, on a vinyl record, yeah. in the old, and I think still on Spotify, there was a gap between songs on the vinyl you'd see it as a slightly different yeah. look to the vinyl it didn't have lines yeah like it. a thicker line or something or, or it didn't have lines or, or, or yeah, yeah okay. it was sort of not slightly gray see it i feel like it was a what was it but it's so don't clear know. where a song begins and ends yeah. yeah but i assume that the vinyl of diamond dogs right did that it yeah. didn't have a gap and, we, and it went yeah. and that was a thought through thing yes uh, and it is Amazing, I think. So, did you go back to the vinyl? Or? No, I didn't go back to the vinyl. I think that's. It. I mean, I think it is always what it's done. Yeah. yeah. My point is yeah. that is too long a text for me to want to type with my thumb, right? I would yeah, definitely much a, prefer yeah, yeah. typing and that. And arguably for me to receive. <laughs> yeah, it's too long a text for you to receive. <laughs> well, you say that, but it, I think to make this point that I'm going to make, which is that we are doing this podcast by text. You said to me, apropos of nothing, about a week before that. I just don't want to go beyond Let's Dance. It doesn't do it for me. Mm. And I'm arguing that's a different position from the he was crap after the early 80s. There's some great stuff there, not least at the very end, but I'll never allow myself to be able to actually enjoy it fully. It's like a very good step-parent, maybe. And then we go on and talk about that mm. for quite a long time, about yeah. the step-parent analogy, mm. which you didn't answer, by the way, exactly who was the step-parent, who was so the child here. I think I really felt like a bit of clarity that, because something on my... I must have been listening to Bowie and something came up from... Well, there's this new album... Oh, yeah, that's, that's on what it Spotify was. that's called something like... Spatify, you said. Spatify, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. it's a, I spat when I said it, in, so... In, a long time ago, that would be like a punk version of Spotify. Yeah, yeah. In the 70s, that would be the joke. Yeah, it's that's called true. Spatify. Spatify. Spitify. It's called... What's it called? Shall we, shall we find it, it is, out? Yeah, but that's exactly what it was. Yes, I realised that when yeah. you sent it to me that it must have been inspired. He'd done one of those other big Spotify collections, basically of his. Uh, uh, it's called oh, where is it? Brilliant Adventure, nineteen ninety two to two thousand and one. Right there you go. So it's a compilation right, of yeah. and remasterings yeah. of songs he did in that period. I mean, even just seeing that, I can see it in my mind. Those 
the be- sort of basically a Bowie collection, 1992 to 2000. I just immediately just feel nothing. I yeah. sort of feel like yeah, I'm sort of not going there. And that's even though... He's well, I gave some, it a try, actually. Yeah. Did you give it a try? I think I did. That's why I was thinking that ultimately... And I think my point to you, as you know, was... Um, that it's not the same as saying it's rubbish, because what does that mean? There's loads of... Yeah. It's just, I don't think I can allow... Like, my mind won't allow me, myself to open, and it never will, to the possibility that it's worth spending some time yeah, in that well, period. Well, it's just not I, exciting. I, can't I listened there. to it, yeah. but what I did, mm. having clicked through some stuff, was mm. go to the end of it, where Bowie played a gig probably in 2001 uh, at the BBC Radio Theatre. I think I was there. Okay. Because I definitely have seen David Bowie at the the, the Radio Theatre in the 2000s, unless he did another one. Yeah, it was brilliant. He did Mm. the Beaulieu Brothers, although that's Mm. not on here, so maybe it wasn't that one. Mm. But anyway, that's what I listened to. I listened to Man Who Sold the World and Fame and whatever. Here's the step-parent analogy. I've just worked it out. Right. So what I meant by it's like a good step... Anyway. Do you want the analogy back? Sure. I'll never allow myself to be able to actually enjoy it fully. It's like a very good step-parent, maybe. And then I, I say... Interesting, you say, I'm talking about Bowie, that would be weird for the podcast. Uh, you say, I don't quite get the step-parent analogy. I say, who's step-parent here? You or Bowie's later work. So I think I think what you're saying, and tell yeah. me if this is wrong, yeah. is that you're saying that Bowie's 90s work, his later work in general, yeah. is fine and it's good, like a good step-parent, but you'll never feel That's exactly towards think, it like yes. you feel towards your mum and dad. Exactly. By the way, isn't it funny that we call it his later period when we're talking about the majority of his work? That's true. Is, but, yeah. but that is right. That is how you would think about it. You'd think it's his later period, and so anything after Let's Dance is part of his later period, and actually that covers a, what, a 40-year period, you know, span. Yeah, I don't so, feel that exactly. I think I've said this to you before. I mean, and we know how we became close friends via Where Are We Now? Uh, yeah. which is the song rather than yeah. that's not a question no. about we're in the shed. <laughs> oh, it is a question. Uh, but it is a question, yeah. yeah. Which is that I was tremendously moved, not by becoming friends with you, uh, but by thinking in his later, later work, oh, there he is. That was what I thought. Yes. What I, after probably about 20 years yes. of thinking he's just gone, none of yes. these songs sound properly like David Bowie yes. to me, suddenly, and for me, I think it came with Everyone Says Hi, um, which I know, I think you're not so keen on. No, but for me, I mean, it came with everyone says hi. I can see why. There's a, well, I think it's one specific modulation in everyone says hi. There's okay. one bit in the bridge uh, I could find it okay. where I thought there he is. That sounds really like David Bowie to me. And then yeah. there were other songs, normally not that many, not not, not whole albums, mm. nothing like Ziggy Stardust or, or Diamond Dogs. No. Where you think every song is a masterpiece, mm. but in amongst them, I could hear the same person. I, that's so interesting because I completely agree. I with could that. hear my dad in your wow. analogy. In your analogy, <laughs> well, not my dad. Can I be absolutely clear? Well, that would, I'm not sure Wel- what that, that would be a Welsh bloke shouting. Oh, I see you. I'm, I'm going back to your step parent. Yes, I'm yeah, going back to your step parent analogy. Yeah, I mean the step parent, as you say, is ultimately. I've never had a step parent, so no. I'm sure they're a bit. But a really good step parent, but still, it's not your parent. I mean, that's probably terribly controversial to say. That's probably a bad thing to say. You would, well, I mean, I'm it sure implies that your biological parent is. Always going to be great, which often no, they're not. And I think that's clearly often not true. they're really not. Yeah, that's good. But in some way, imagine you had a brilliant parent who yeah. passed away, yeah. then you had a step parent who was really, really good. You'd sort of never feel yeah. it's quite yeah. And like I know you like everyone says hi, so I have listened to it, and I can see why you like it, but I cannot get moved by it. It's like. Um, is it a bit like being in a room full of people, all of whom have got cling film on their faces? Right, mm, interesting. Know. It's like what parties have you? What is your? Oh, <laughs> I'm worried about the expectation well, party now. Well, that's how we're making it COVID safe. <laughs> so, it's not a um, fetish thing. Yeah, it's a COVID it's, thing. It's, but it feels like like there's a gauze between right. me and the reality. So I can see that everyone says hi. Yeah, I can see that it's great, but it's something. There's a sheen over it that doesn't quite let me in. Right. And you're quite right. Where are we now? Sort of suddenly, like, broke through all of that and became. I, mean, I remember being just incredibly moved by that song in yeah. a way that nothing. Well, it, else, well, yeah, it is an so, incredibly moving song. Of course. But, but he's also, done other moving songs. In yeah, it's, a, it's also a moving song because of the fact that it's a great David Bowie song. Yeah. And there's something in, I find incredibly moving mm. about the idea. I've always found this moving, and I'm sure we've talked about this before, mm. about the idea of very great artists 
who tend to lose it mm. as they get older, certainly yes. pop artists, yeah, yeah. suddenly doing something which suggests, oh, they've still got it. Oh, we've discussed this before. Yeah, yeah. No, In my opinion, Paul McCartney has not managed to do it. Yeah, no, we definitely but, disagree yeah, on that. But, yeah. but I, there's a text on my phone. Okay, I just turned my phone off because I'm more professional than no, you. No, well, because I need my phone to show you this thing. Okay. Peter Fincham has just texted. Yeah, saying Roy Wood is coming to your party. Not saying, saying small kitten warning. Oh, is there a kitten? Be in careful the shed. when going back through the kitchen that Miso doesn't escape into the garden, the, the kitten. So Miso, that's an exciting kitten. thought that we're going to see a kitten in that, Well, that is really exciting. Yeah, because I know that is brilliant. big on cats. I love cats. There's two dogs in Peter's house, so I'm slightly worried about the kitten anyway. Oh, I see what you mean. From yes, maybe there won't be. We should hurry, because it well, may not survive, <laughs> yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, I lo- interesting they've called it Miso. Uh, interesting. I think uh, M-I-S-O. I mean, I know. No, no, as in, I mean, I assume they've named it after the Japanese soup. Is it a soup or is it a... Uh, I know it is a soup, but my a, daughter, who is very, very big with uh, mm. Japanese cooking, mm. she does a lot of... She's very good. She's cook. cooked for me before. Uh, nice. I don't think it was Japanese, though, but it was lovely. No, that was me, and it, I put some chocolate no, mousse in the mousse. Yes, I know that, but she made some <laughs> Did she make dishes. Some, oh, yeah, she made some yeah, Japanese yeah, dishes, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah she, but the miso itself is a kind of yeah. paste made out of rice, isn't That's it? That's right. I don't want to get into the whole, is soup something you drink or eat don't get into that no. i mean that is a trigger point <laughs> i don't but i'm sort of going to get into it i think you could have is it not true that you could have a bowl of soup yeah. and some miso to on the side no because miso it's don't just be ridiculous. You, no it's just that it's a japanese soup i'm definitely arguing with that not that, arguing that. that yeah but and is kid. it a soup in the sense that it feels if you want to have that whole debate, which we don't, yeah. about is is a super drink that you could have, you know, which I sort of think it is because you have a sandwich. You wouldn't have a sandwich with a with a burger, would you? No. You, you have a sandwich with a soup because a soup is... You, yeah. Would you, would you have a sandwich, a soup and a water? You might do, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, so you might have tomato double soup. Double liquid. I might have... Yeah, I'd quite like to have tomato soup. You're basically just asking, would you have soup and a drink? Does one ever have soup and a drink? Yes. Certainly really at, a, at a restaurant you would. So... As we know, I don't drink wine. But if you were at a restaurant, yeah. the first thing they do, isn't it, is come over and say, so "Would you like some drink? Would you like some you drink? Mean, Here's yeah. open the wine." I, you, we've had long discussions about uh, yeah. you and wine at various restaurants, <laughs> and one time it was corked and all that. Yeah. Right. So yeah. we know that you're used to the idea of wine at a restaurant. Yeah. It's not at all beyond the bounds of possibility that having opened the wine and it being poured for you, you think, yeah. "Oh, I'll have hors d'oeuvre." Oh yeah, I like the look of the celeriac soup. But I think well, I'll have that. All and I'm, then you wouldn't think this is ridiculous. I've got too much liquid. I think I'm arguing that most people, for for most people, there would be a cessation in the drinking of the whatever drink that during the soup eating, stroke drinking, <laughs> and that in the same way I don't know about that. That if you're eating a steak at yeah. home and there's a pudding in the fridge, you yeah. don't go to the fridge and eat the pudding during your steak. No, that's nothing like it. No, what I'm saying is yes, it's in the same room. Yeah, the the water and and, and the soup. But drinking soup isn't making you thirsty, is it? Because you're taking in liquid. I think it depends partly on what type of soup we're talking about. I think of well, that was partly a, my a point brothy, miso. watery soup. Well, that's part of my point about miso. Uh, uh, what's it called? A consomme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> would be almost yeah. definitely something. No, it would be a bit it. weird to be slaking your yeah. thirst with a drink at the same Whereas time. Whereas at the other Whereas end, a great big thick. Heinz Big Soup. Heinz Big Soup. <laughs> yeah, I can see it now with a ladle covered in carrot and bits of meat. That's basically yeah. a, a food a meal, isn't it? That's not really That's a drink. That's definitely how they marketed it. Yeah. With Yogi Bear, I think. Did Yogi Bear I market believe that Heinz was the Big advert. Soup? Yeah, but... No, no, hang on, not Yabba Yabba Dabba Big Soup. But he was like... There was something about I, him I and Barney. I expected Yabba Dabba Big Soup to get more of a laugh. Because <laughs> <laughs> if that was there, if that was their no. slogan, it would be brilliant. It, Yabba Dabba no, Big Soup. No, it wasn't the Flintstones. <laughs> it was Barney. Uh, who do I mean? Barney the Bear. Strangely, in terms of what you were talking about, about biology, uh, biological parents and step-parents and whatever, yeah. is that uh, Rob Newman, yeah. uh, who was adopted, uh, he once told me that his first dad... Right. He's the first adopted dad. He was very close to, but he died when he was about seven or something. Uh, and then his mum married someone else who he absolutely hated. So much so that in later life, when he went to that person's funeral, he said it took all his energy as the coffin was being loaded into the grave not to raise both arms in the air and shout, Yabba Dabba Doo. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> if he shouted, you have a big soup, it would have been absolutely brilliant. 
but why would he? Because they're, not, they're absolutely <laughs> he not together. He, he wouldn't. <laughs> right, I can show you. Here it is. Heinz Big Soup Yogi Bear advert. Big pieces of meat and vegetables and a thick stock. Just for listeners who, are, who aren't watching this, which they're not, I'm surprised by this because this is a proper Hanna-Barbera who ever made Yogi Bear yeah, yeah. cartoon. Is it's, it? Yeah, yeah it's oh, not. It's, yeah. You can't see it. It's not like just Amazing. a sort of bit yeah. of... It actually looks yeah, like yeah. a proper Yogi Bear I cartoon and two characters in a kind of yeah. Arctic space. Yeah. Well, actually, no, it'll be Jellystone Park, but snowing. Yeah. Jellystone Park is where Yogi Bear That's right. was. Uh, discussing Heinz Big Soup. This big soup is a bit gigantical for me, Yogi. Well, let's face it, my little bitty buddy. It's bigger than the average soup. That's right, uh, bigger uh, than the average bigger soup. Bigger than the average soup. God, I mean, you're a you're a person who works, you know, on a corporate level. Right. Just imagine the conversation between Heinz and I'm going to say Hanna Barbera. Yeah, I'm I think pretty it sure was it was. Yeah, then. extraordinary um, negotiations that must have gone through the night. <laughs> yeah, to um, particularly. I think because Yogi used to say, you know, smarter than your average than bear. That was his catchphrase, right. right? Yeah. So bigger than your average soup. I mean, I imagine if I worked for Hanna Barbera, we could role play this if you like. Yeah. That I would have said, okay, I'm okay with you know uh, one change to our slogan, right. one word, because that's his brand. I'm doing an accent here. Well, I, I can see it. that. I don't want yeah. accent, but yeah. I can tell it. That's that's accent. the brand. Yeah. That, that's the accent of the Hanna Barbera guy. But two is going to cost you. You're like smarter than your average bear, right? You're looking for oh, bigger see. than your average soup. I mean, that's really taking it away from what Yogi. Right. From what Wait, Yogi. Okay, is. if I'm Heinz. Yeah, you're Heinz. I'm not going to be American. Yeah, okay, Am you I? could be. Du- it, I Heinz? reckon Dutch. Well, <laughs> I'm saying okay. I want to say Dutch. In which case, <laughs> we're walking away. <laughs> what is that? That's a bit of hard Dutch negotiating. That wasn't Dutch. In which case, we're going to walk away, I'm afraid. Uh, okay, uh, don't walk away. Yeah, you see? <laughs> yeah. See, okay. I'm not very good at negotiating. <laughs> yeah, rubbish at negotiating. Yeah. But I'm quite surprised, because bigger than the average soup, it basically just rhymes, I mean, or scans, like, smarter yes, than, I don't than think the, the Hanna- average bear. It's right. lost a lot. Okay, of but I think what you've got to imagine, the Hanna-Barbera people are not looking at that advert saying, Jesus, we've been fleeced, like, they've taken the whole... When you think about it, that's basically our slogan. Yeah. That's obviously what they've agreed to do. Yeah. And I think it would be the other way round. Oh. Would it be? Because they're basically saying we want to do some tie-ins with Yogi. Yogi's going pretty well, yeah. but you know we don't get paid much by the BBC because it's you know we, and and we've sort of reached the end of our natural life, right? And we need some tie-ins. We need to you know we need some merchandise. Oh, you think Yogi went to Heinz? Not him. He's a cartoon character. Yeah, but the but Yogi people, people went to Heinz. Well, I'm trying to think. No, maybe... I don't believe that for a second. Who went? Heinz, to who? I think, is in 1978 would have been looking to. Yogi maybe would have, would have been saying we we yeah. need, we need a big family kids right. so know, they're brainstorming character. who would that be that would be should yeah. we get the Partridge family well yeah. they that's yeah, it's weird problematic as yeah. David Cassidy uh, Manson family no, no they're going no, much no. too no. dark yeah uh, uh, the hair bear bunch no they haven't happened yet no but at a certain point they go down one of those roads so yeah. let's say hair bear oh they're not happened okay. I don't think hair bear but let's imagine okay, Tom and Jerry bit so out of date Tom and Jerry not the hair bear bunch is interesting says some guy in sort of with sideburns <laughs> yeah. and sort of big tie yeah. and he goes I know yeah. I know uh, Roger Miles who <laughs> runs the whole franchise I could talk to him let's talk to him and then they'll go on and discuss other stuff yeah. loads of other stuff yeah. and then next meeting oh by the way how do we get on with the hair bear bunch people <laughs> yeah not interested yeah. they're not invented yet <laughs> so well, I'm going to have to check that Right, help it. Oh, it was called Help It's the Hair Bear Bunch, yeah. which I didn't know. That's right. Absolutely invented. Originally aired okay. on CBS in 1971. So the Hair Bear Bunch, they. But I'll tell you what would then happen is that. Um, they live at Wonderland Zoo, run by di- zoo director Mr. Peevely and zookeeper Lionel Botch. I've only remember right. one says Peevely, Mr. Mr. Peevely, Mr. Peevely. Yeah, quite a lot. yeah, yeah. But now if you're running marketing for. for Heinz. Heinz. And we're sort of basically thinking, oh, we're not sure what to do. We haven't found a hair bear bunch was a dead end. Because <laughs> yeah. it's Carmi Carmichael's. Carmi Carmichael's? Anyway, he's, he's not playing ball. Right. And, and Carmi, maybe this whole suit. Who's Carmi Carmichael? He's like the guy that the runs. Guy, I don't know, like the guy the, who runs. And basically, right. maybe the suit, like, like it's soup, it's not that glamorous. I think yeah. we're up running Let's go for something wall. a bit more. Maybe we should forget the whole standard thing. Standard white says. bread Yogi Bear. I'm, right. Is, I'm that, gonna, is that what you're getting to? No, I'm going to. No, so I'm getting to this. I'm saying, maybe, what's your name? The- uh, my name is uh, Charles A. Nichols, the producer okay. of uh, the Hair Bear Bunch. No, no, they're gone. Uh, oh, yeah, no, they're yeah, gone. Oh, I'm the Heinz, Heinz guy. Oh, I'm the Heinz guy. Yeah. Uh, my name is Jan Ackerman. Who <laughs> okay. Is, uh, okay, he's the guitarist for Focus. Yeah. But because we right. said Dutch, okay. uh, he also works for Heinz. Yeah, so I'm saying 
Do you know what I think? I I think. Oh, you're. Do the, oh, yeah. We're, we're together. I'm, I'm we're both you, heights. Yeah, okay. And I'm saying I think we. For, I think we forget this. I just. It's just not going to work. Yeah. I say. That's hocus pocus. I've played that. Put the guitar down, Jan. Right. Uh, you know, I think we should uh, definitely keep it going. And I think. Do you good, think? Do you think? I think I'm... a good idea is Yogi Bear. Wait, no, no, no. You don't want no, that's that. Not what? How it works. I don't know where you're I'm, going. What you're saying to me is because my name is um, Eric. Eric, okay, Eric. Van, Eric Van Winter. Eric Van Winter, yes. You seem tired and just a bit despondent. Me? No, you say that to me. Oh, okay. Because I'm saying it's not going to work. This is the worst improvisation anyone's ever done. Right, not only is it a bad idea, we are really not firing on any kind of, no, no. you know, we know where each other's going. I, I, you I, put the ball up, I'll <laughs> nod it in. We have no, I've no idea where you're going with this. Okay, you seem a bit tired, Eric. But winter, you seem very tired. It's like been a long year for you, I know. And uh, there's been uh, you, trouble with Heinz and the cheese. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, no, range. I'm sorry, I didn't mean Ravioli to... went very well, no, you've said it now. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't mean to snap. I'm really, t- you know, I've been up all night watching with my young, you know, I have a youngest. Yeah. yeah. And he uh, just wants to watch telly all night. Eric Jr. Eric Jr. has been up watching telly. There's only one show that Why can do Why have you it. not got that accent? There's only one show that will, he, he loves and I had to watch it with him all night. <laughs> Such a weird accent. All night. I'm watching it. Well, what is it? Oh, the show. Oh, it's Yogi Bear. Okay. Then you have your moment. Oh. Then, yeah. Hey, <laughs> Eric, why don't we go back to Hanna Barbera and say we want the big soup to be Yogi Bear's thing? And I've got it, he says, bigger than your average soup. You're crazy. That's no, his catchphrase. It, no, gonna it's going to work. They're going to love it. This is one of Because they're, su- they're going to think we want to, you know. This is such a successful Jewish company. <laughs> yeah. and- <laughs> okay. Not- I can't so believe. That's what happened. It I can't been- believe we went through all that. It would have been one I'd- of those moments. Okay. Mm. We'll have to cut it down a bit, I think. Uh, but sorry, my point <laughs> is, yeah, what is your miso point? is not something you would drink water with. It's something that would work on its own. So would you have it with a soup? That was your original and point. And you could have miso soup with a soup. Here's how you could have it. Mm. With ramen. If you were at a Japanese restaurant and you ordered mm. some sushi mm. and some ramen, mm. sushi often, they just bring miso anyway. Yeah. With it, so that's where you, you could, could have find a yourself definitely. But you would definitely think that's too much soup. <laughs> too much liquid is what I think. Soup. You think. No, I don't think you think too much liquid because I think you might have a glass of water with it. You have you are you have not had water for eight days or oh, why? What's two happened? weeks? Because you're in you're you're on a strike, hunger strike. About right, okay. Um, a bit odd that I'm about to have some. Miso. Not hunger. Okay. I doubt I'd break that with miso. <laughs> well, what I'm saying to you is, no, you've been in the desert, right? And your plane crashed, and you're the one yeah. survivor, and you finally make it to a little settlement. Yeah, which and is I, not a Japanese restaurant. <laughs> well, no, I come out and I say, God, you must be really thirsty. Yeah. And you say, Yes, I am. Yes. And I'm really thirsty. I haven't dropped. I've been in a plane crash. Help me. We don't have much here. So okay. we're Do you have to- Heinz Big Soup? <laughs> we're willing to give you something to help you. But you can only take one thing. Yeah. I've got a burger, yeah. or I've got some Heinz tomato <laughs> soup. Right. Which would you rather? Well, if I need to drink, yeah. I would have the Heinz tomato soup. Right. Yeah. It's a drink. I, I would say, hang on a sec, sorry. I, I mean, I need to have one of this soon, but are you really telling me you've got a burger and tomato soup and no water? What kind of place is this? <laughs> How did you make it? Still Without a sink. Still fucking argumentative, even though you haven't drunk for 10 days. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have either now. Anyway, my whole point about those texts was... That because we don't talk about Bowie on this podcast, we're having the ridiculous situation of having a podcast to talk about David Bowie. But because we don't talk about him, getting our Bowie stuff that we yes. feel we need to talk about uh, on text, which is silly. Yes, well, that's why we're, we're, it's, it's, we're getting a lot done here, aren't we? Yeah. Because I've got another one. Okay. But this is not brilliant for the podcast in the sense that it's an image, but I think yeah. we can I'm help I'm not sure people. the Big Soup stuff was brilliant for the podcast, oh, but I don't know. we've done it now. I think you'll find that goes pretty viral. <laughs> so we've talked a lot about fan art and the way people categorise Bowie and how wrong they get it. And this just seems to be the whole thing coming together in one thing, because I saw this on, I don't know where I saw it, but it's a, it's a waxwork of Bowie right. that's on display in Bridport, right. which is in Wales. Wales, or, yeah, yeah. Or near Wales or in Wales. Waxwork model of David Bowie, made by former Madame Tussauds oh. sculptor from Bridport, has gone on display in the town. Right, thinking, okay. okay so, 
I'm going to show it to you, and maybe you can describe. Okay. I mean, it we, as I have kids. to say, you've done this before because you've got a bit of an obsession with Bowie art right. being shit. I completely yeah. agree with you, but it always works quite badly on the podcast, right? Because the podcast listeners. Understood. Hello again. We, to, you can to, put this to on your... You. The podcast <laughs> listeners are always thinking, well, oh, I don't know what that looks like. Oh, now I have to go and look it up. Describe it. Uh, okay, it's interesting. I would say it looks like a waxwork of Ron Weasley at a costume party where he's supposed to be David Bowie. He's got the ginger hair, sort of with the mother. So Aladdin Sane, Aladdin isn't Sane. It? Then he's and got the stripe. Uh, and the stripe, but he's wearing... Yes. An astronaut costume <laughs> and holding. Yeah, what is great about it? He's also yeah. holding the vinyl of Diamond Dogs, sitting in some weird big chair that looks a bit like the Big Brother yeah. diary chair. What it is is basically someone who's thought, I'm not sure, even with the Aladdin Sane yeah. lightning flash and everything else, I'm not absolutely sure people will know this is David Bowie. So I'm going to have to it, have him hold an album with the yeah. word Bowie on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because it's got to be... I did because... that once. Uh, a couple of times I've done it when I've gone to fancy dress parties. Like I was Harold Shipman at one okay. at a Halloween party. And you party. had a name tag? Or... Uh, yes, I had. Yeah. A, I, I made yeah. a sort of like doctor tag yes. with that on it. I think I've done it a few times. Right. I've gone... I've often just well, that... had essentially Although... a card that says this is who I'm meant to be. I would say it's unmistakably David Bowie on one level and yeah. everything about it, as you say. And then... When you read it, and it talks about it, it says, as if this is a statement of fact, as if this is what you need to know about Bowie, and this defines him. The wax model sits fittingly in a spacesuit. <laughs> and that, to me, is the ultimate... Like, yeah, yeah, he yeah. once wore a spacesuit once in a video. Yes, and, and it's associated with it, yeah. space oddity. But yes, it, it is everything that's wrong with it, because what they mean is the waxwork of Neil Armstrong sits fittingly in a spacesuit. Yes. That's what they should... Yeah, yeah, that's, no, fact, exactly. If they've got one, they should yeah. immediately take the spacesuit off yeah. Bowie and put it onto the it's Neil Armstrong. It's also a really sensible spacesuit, as if he genuinely yeah. uses a spacesuit. It's not yeah. even like a cool glam no, rock spacesuit. It's, it's not. a proper spacesuit. No, in fact, did he, ever, he never wore one like that, no. as far as I'm aware. No. No, no. no, no you're right. It is weird silver foil It looks like something that they've somehow... Well, if it's a guy... From yeah. uh, Madame Two Swords, yes. he probably did do a waxwork of Neil yeah. Armstrong at one point, yeah. and he's just used the proper yeah. spacesuit from that. Yeah. yeah, so it underlines the point that we have talked about doing our podcast podcast podcast, podcast. on <laughs> tour, yeah. going to places. Yeah. We could, for example, go to Bridport. We could and go to Bridport. Be I suicide rate, I believe, it. in Britain. Not surprised. In Bridport. Yeah, I think it's gone up since <laughs> the Bowie <since> sculpture. <laughs> and and we have talked about that going on the road, and maybe yeah. something for the. For the new year, do you think? Yeah, that would be lovely. A, we do that'd a couple of. We could maybe just do a couple of places that we visit, like a couple of specials, is what I. Yeah. What I mean. Yeah. Like, no, know. let's def- let's definitely yeah. let's definitely do that. Mm. Uh, we yeah. haven't talked about Get Back, but maybe yeah, we, we have get, talked about Big Soup. We've talked about Big Soup, which sounds a bit like that. Get Back was Big, an incredibly moving experience. That's what you. we can sum up, wasn't it? Well, I found it incredibly moving. I I've watched it. It was like basically thinking all the mythology about the Beatles over the years, and I've read sort of every book going. It, you have to just get by on, you know, is it someone's memory of a memory and all that? And then suddenly you think, oh, I'll tell you what, the Beatles were in the Big Brother house for six weeks yeah. and you can see everything they did and understand their relationships and, and, and why didn't you watch that? Yeah, so you, you said this to me it. and I think it was an incredibly correct analysis of what it was like watching it because it was also for large parts really, really dull like Big Brother. In fact, it was a bit like watching the unedited footage of Big Brother. I mean, right. even people who like Big Brother probably don't the watch six version. hours yeah. of it. Mm. Yeah, the streaming version of it. Mm. But like Big Brother, when I was into it, you thought, this is quite dull, I'm quite bored, but mm. I can't stop watching mm. it. Mm. And that was with the mm. Beatles, right? Mm. They're not mm. just some, you know, person who wants to be a pastry mm. girl, mm. right? It was people I'm genuinely interested yes. in, but it was still weirdly dull for long sections of time. Well, I think one of the lessons is that I mean, I obviously, did, but I'm a, I didn't get bored. I sort of lapsed. No, well, I, I'm talking about a particular type of boredom where I thought, yeah, I bloody hell, I don't think I can stomach another. I dig a pony. Uh, run dig through. a pony, or don't let me down. Particularly yeah. not if they're going to do the silly voice version again. Yeah, like there was so much. Yeah, that is a another Beatles song done with the silly yeah. sub goons voices. Yeah. It was so interesting from that point of view. In that because Peter Jackson restored it so well, it felt like it was happening now. Do you know what I mean? It didn't feel most of the time like it was 1969. Yeah, yeah, no, right? I, I, And then as I think I said to you, every so often 1969 would suddenly erupt into yes. it, often in like sandwiches. Yes. Think, like there's no way the biggest pop stars in the world would be offered yeah. those sandwiches yeah. now. And yeah. that cup of tea in that mug yeah. that looks so terribly yeah. shit. And yeah. another version of that was, I think, the influence of the goons. 
right? The, 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 them, the yeah. sort of the comedy mm. of their comedy was so like my dad's, basically, yes. like so influenced by just doing silly voices and whatever. But I think, and Peter Sellers obviously does actually turn up at one point. Yeah, there's a lot in that because you're right. One of the things I think in that incredibly, to our you know current thinking, structured formal society, the war, well, the war wasn't that long ago, mm. etc. That I think basically doing a silly voice was almost the ultimate yeah. sort of rebellion. That's yeah, what yeah. you had because yeah. you're not sure, you know. Yeah. So it must have connected them to a time when you either worked really hard at school and went into the factory and so on, or you didn't work very hard and you said, hello, my name's... Yeah. And it's like, yeah. fuck, that's mad yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, no, that's and turning over the social order. Yeah, yeah. and you're right. But it, it happens a lot and, and it feels really old-fashioned and not just not funny enough. <laughs> really Definitely not, not funny. funny enough. Yeah. Um, but to your big brother point, the way you could really make it interesting, and this is where Big Brother got to, was that at a certain point, they've got to decide which one of them they vote out. Yes, that's that true. That would then make it really... Yeah. Who gets what a good analogy, band, though. And then that Because it was be, that. It was that. That was be, happening because at, so at one point... At one point, it appears to be George yeah. voting himself out, yeah. saying, I'm leaving, which was always... Yeah. like Occasionally happened. Certainly a celebrity Big Brother, I believe Leo Sayer, uh, did that. Lots of them did. I think Leo... I can't remember if Leo Sayer did or not. Didn't Leo, Leo Sayer leave? Like, I just can't remember. You may yeah, be... I've had enough of this, and yes. they quite angrily leave. I think that's um, probably right. But, yeah, George leaves... Comes back again. It's a. It, you know, there's so many bits of it, but the thing I know we were not really. Be, but one of the things that I really affected me, and it's a strange thing. It's not. It doesn't seem that big. When they're filming the street, the, the, um, the roof. Uh, you know, the roof, and they're filming in Savile Row, and they're doing vox pops with, yeah. with passersby. And that's all really interesting. And there's a woman that's because they can't see them. Of course, they yeah. can hear them. Yeah. There's a woman, and they said, "You know who it is?" And she says, "The Beatles." And then they've just finished doing "Get Back," probably. And she goes, that was Paul McCartney singing. That's yeah. who that was. Yeah. And I thought, I remember that bit. fucking hell. He is he is, and always has been so famous. Yeah. This is, I was one years old at, at that point, yeah. and people could recognise his voice. You in wouldn't the street. have been able to. I wouldn't have been able to tell you I had. <laughs> and I just thought, But I'll tell you yes, something. I mean, this, really is, this is probably too much about Get, get yeah. Back. But a really idiotic, banal thing struck me when I was watching it, which is... Because you've only ever seen less of it in the past, I never really occurred to me how much people couldn't see them. Uh, like, yeah, like you mean like, out, and, out and about? Is that what you mean? Yeah, you mean, I like yeah. it's no. actually a really weird decision. It's kind of a, just a very lazy decision. It's mm. kind of like where are we going to do this concert? Oh, and uh, obviously, mean, yeah. Michael Lindsay Posher is oh, constantly yeah. saying let's do it in Libya yeah. and all, that, and they don't want to do that, whatever. Yeah. And so in the end, they just sort of think let's just do it on the roof of the building that we're yeah. we're in. It's kind of lazy. But what is amazing about that is, and it didn't really strike me because you, because generally the footage that you see is some people watching and some people on rooftops or whatever. The vast majority of people would not have been able to, to see them. Yes, right. So it's a really weird decision for the yeah. Beatles to make. This is our yeah. last live gig ever, our first live gig for years and years and years. Most people won't see yes. it. They'll sort of hear it in the distance yeah. and maybe be able to work out what's going no, on. No, it's a really... And, and particularly at a time, as you say, when, when, when there wasn't internet, and so it didn't really exist. You know, you had to really be, you had to really try and make something exist, you know, yeah. film it properly and yeah. all that. Well, so 16 it wasn't, cameras on it. Yeah, so... But there was another, there's another that, I mean, just shows ultimately being in a band is really brilliant, isn't it? Particularly a band like, obviously, a really big... And there's a moment, George doesn't want to go on the roof. He says as much. Yeah. And then when they're on the roof and Mal Evans, the roadie, unplugs his amp yeah. because the police are coming, George turns around and plugs it back in because he wants to keep playing. Right. And yeah. I think there's so, there's so oh, no, many there's moments no question. like there's that. There's something of, about, I mean, certainly, you know, and as someone who likes the Beatles but isn't an absolute man Beatles fan, but there's something about... When they finally, having listened to all the mm. fucking, mm. you know, endless versions of Digger Pony and Don't mm. Let Me Down that they're rehearsing mm. or whatever, when they actually play them mm. on the rooftop, you do think, what an incredible mm. band. Yeah. They're so symbiotic. They're so together. They're so right. tight. It's really yeah, yeah. extraordinary. Yeah. And they, and also, they are cold. <laughs> like John Lennon says, Crazy. I can't keep on yeah, playing. Yeah. Uh, and, they, you know, they haven't played together for ages. And, also, and there is lots of tension and all the rest of it. But as soon as they start playing... Yes. You know, I mean, I don't know what... What's your band called again? No Expectations. No Expectations. I know, coming back to that, this mm. is, I'm coming back to Christmas. To make the I'm coming back to everything, but mm. I don't know if No Expectation, when you finally get on stage at your party mm. with everyone in cling film mm. watching and with you doing either I Wish You Could Be Christmas Every Day or Merry Christmas Everyone mm. by Shaking Steve, I don't know whether that feeling of, oh, mm. my God, these are the most organically mm. together musicians mm. there's ever been mm. will happen. Like with the Beatles. I mean, yeah. we can only hope it might. Well, all I can say is that's what 
people say happens. Right. You know, and I wouldn't want to say it. Yeah, they work know. for you though, don't they? Well, you pay them. They work for who they work for. <laughs> what does they, that mean? <laughs> they, and I don't want to be the one who compares us to the Beatles. It's just no. not right for me to do that. No. We put out stuff. If people love it, great. Yeah. If people don't, you know. They won't really say because they work for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's put it this way. You can compare us to the Beatles. Yes. You definitely can do that. Yeah, okay. You can compare us by saying we're much, much worse and nothing like them. Yeah, that's still, that, that's still a comparison. That's still a comparison. That's, yeah, that's yeah, true. That's my, yeah. One thing I did think was a bit odd although it might be something to do with the history of Christmas songs mm. rather than the Beatles, is the Beatles never released a Christmas song. Now, the argument might be, well, they just didn't, maybe they just didn't really exist till the 70s, because obviously John Lennon did and Paul McCartney did. I don't know about George Harrison or Ringo Starr, but, you know, big Christmas songs, but yes. both of them released. And considering the Beatles were always quite a, mm. certainly early on, mm. quite a sort of, you know, Brian Epstein, Eye to the Main mm. Chance, a commercial band... Mm. Mm. It's odd that the Beatles, now, or did it's they, or have I got well, that wrong? No, you're, you're sort of right. I mean, as you say, two of the Christmas songs we still listen to now are, you'd sort of think one of them would be a Beatles song, and sort of two of them are in one they're, sense. They're not Beatles songs. No, what I'm saying, no, no, I'm saying the people in the Beatles were able to write yeah. massive Christmas, as you'd expect them to, but and they just did straight, it eventually. I mean, well, you know, Merry Christmas War is over, it's just after he's left the Beatles. Yeah, and uh, Wonderful Christmas Time is quite a lot later. Quite a lot they did do a Christmas song, and they did it on the, uh, what do you call it, the, the single they give to the fan club, fan oh. club single in 1966. It's called Christmas Time is Here Again. It literally just keeps saying that really? over and over. See, I don't know that. How do we not know that the Beatles uh, well, it, Christmas? Because it, it, it's shit. It's not that it's shit. It's not brilliantly imaginative. It's pretty basic. Oh, we but, got, we've got to go out Yeah, yeah, you could, yeah, I was going to say, you can. But you're right. Ultimately, the Beatles' relationship with football and Christmas, those two things, is not what you'd expect. I think you mentioned this. You've yeah. mentioned this about football. It's not football. what you'd expect. Yeah, they're not interested in football. They're not interested in either, really. No, that but, is odd because they're from Liverpool and they're working but, class. But Christmas... Uh, None of them are interested in football. It's no, so weird. No, there's, uh, there's the occasional flirtation with it. There's, there's a football yeah. player on Sergeant... But no, but no. Okay, so Christmas time is here again. It's, a, it's worrying me... Because yeah. this appears to be quite late, the picture of the Beatles with it. Well, that's what they often get it wrong. But I, if, I believe I'm right that it's 1966. Okay, and I think it's 1967. It's the, it, okay. Which is quite late. It's the fan club's... There's that voice again. This is incredible. I've never heard this. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's... Is it definitely the Beatles? Yes. No, it's not. Oh, well, that might be a, a this cover is, this of it. Is, this is, but it is. Okay, I've just realised something. This is the Guitar Hero version okay. by the Beatles Guitar FC. Yeah, but... So where's the Beatles version? You'll find it. Put Christmas Time Is Here Again fan Beatles fan club single or... Okay, the Beatles. Christmas Time Is Here Again. I think this is the Beatles. Okay. That's John Lennon. It is. That's the Beatles. Yeah, but I think it was... You can the hear the difference. I can hear that's not Guitar Hero version. Is it just this? No, it, it, it's a sort of 12 bar blues. I think. And then it says, feels like years since it's been here or something. Coming up. <laughs> it is here And then it goes again. to the fifth. Okay, it's a trifle so, monotonous. It's monotonous. It's, what does it, he say? He says something like, it's been something since you know it's when. It's such a poor, to me, it's such a brilliant poor lyric because it turns nothing into something. He says, it ain't been round since you know when. Well, when? when? Well, it's a year ago. <laughs> but it's a slightly, Paul makes everything a bit more romantic than it is. It's right. such a great, so since you know, as if you're all in on something. Yeah, it also <laughs> rhymes, this time last it year. also rhymes with again. Yeah. That, that's, no, what's, no, no. that's what's yeah. really happening. Yeah. Since he's thought, well, I can't just say, it's not been around. What is it? Uh, ain't been. I think yeah. it's ain't been around. Ain't since been you know around when. since last Christmas. You no. can't, that's not going to no. work. It's since you know when. Really nice about him around. Yeah, that's true. You, you know do when. know when. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, there we go. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Saying. Christmas time is here again. Yeah, and yeah. it hasn't been. How long's it been? So you know when. Bye <laughs> <laughs> bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.